0: Hello! Welcome to Misbehavior with the ladies. I'm your host, Bridget Jenkins.
1: And Nikki Wheeler. You guys, it is episode two. two. Numero dos. Yes. OMG. I just gotta say, Bridget, like, I think you feel the same way. We just wanna say, for those of you listening, thank you so much. This has been such a joy, and I can't believe we're already on episode two.
0: I know, and we can only go up from here because I'm telling you, there's been some rough patches going through, like recording this in the beginning. But we're working out our kinks, and let me tell you, we're learning a lot in this process.
1: We are. We are learning as we go. And you guys, we have a very exciting episode for you. We are so pumped to be here. It's a beautiful day in Chicago. And so, Bridget, what's going on today? What's our episode about?
0: So today, we're going to talk about how 2020 was supposed to be the best year yet, and I think I, if anyone knows me, I was on my high horse talking about how 2020 was going to be perfect vision, perfect year. Yes, like 2020 vision. (laughs) I was like,
1: that's so genius, Bridget. Yes,
0: (laughs) I had all these big hopes and dreams about this year. I was just like, this is going to be the best year yet, I'm going to graduate, I have like all these goals professionally that i hope that are going to come true. I have all these goals. Personally, i hope that are going to come true and i'm just feeling like everything is on hold. I did graduate, which was the plus and i'm happy about that and Go i started girl. this
1: podcast with <gasps> my <gasps> best friend Mickey. And like i don't know what it is about even years and like especially like at the start of like a number like 2020. I was so pumped for that. I'm like kind of yes. OCD about numbers, but I love like the beginning and of the decade. And I'm
0: superstitious. I believe in all of that kind of stuff that, you know, this is because it's 2020, 2020 vision. It's going to be amazing. It's going to be great. And here we are locked in our homes. Wah, 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 Can't do anything. Can't go anywhere. Everything is closed. I mean, of course, we're out of that quarantine, but now we're at a point where Um, not everything's fully open. Things are at capacity where there's lines to get in. You need reservations to go out to eat. You're not supposed to be in groups
1: more than six. And then on top of it all, there's looting. That is true. And I just miss the days where it's like, hey, you want to, like, go grab a drink? Like, you just can't. You got yeah, like, to have a resi like, or, like, a yeah. res- sorry, that means reservation for those who know my lingo.
0: Yeah, not even that. Like, you, it, it just causes a lot more planning. And then on top of that, you can't have more than X amount of people
1: because we live in Chicago and whatnot. But aside from that, on a more positive note, I mean... Yeah, 2020. I mean, it's it's been rough. It's been really rough. But I mean, we we have started this podcast. I mean, like that's yeah. a positive, And we are so pumped because we have one of our fave, like in addition to Bridget, she's also you know one, one of my our favorite closest
0: humans, friends. But, and yes. she's on our episode today to talk about. What it's like to be a 2020 bride?
1: Oh my goodness. I could not even imagine, you guys. Like planning I, a wedding alone is stressful from I, what I hear. It's I mean, obviously it hasn't happened to me, aka boyfriend if you're listening. No, I'm yeah. just kidding. But um I mean 2020 like wow, like talk about like your plans getting derailed. Right. Yeah. So my goal for this
0: po- podcast today is to talk to her about what was her thoughts on you know postponing a wedding deal
1: today was supposed to be her bachelorette party yes okay so that is important to note so we have one of our best friends here she is was supposed to be married this year actually labor day and this weekend was supposed to be her bachelorette so we are here we're with her we we feel with her and we are we are her support system and, and so we, she's got so much to say but just so you guys know today we are going to talk about we're going to have our guest speaker which we'll introduce in just a second We're also going to recap what we assigned from our first episode, which is speed cubers, which we have so much to say on that. And then we are actually going to end with an advice segment. We have a couple write-ins. So how exciting. So that's what you have in store for you today.
0: Yeah. So I'd like to introduce one of my closest friends, Lisa Donaldson.
2: And Lisa, hi guys! Thanks for having me on today. I'm, I'm really so excited ex- to be here. With I'm you guys. so excited you're here. Is this we better than your bachelorette sure. party? I mean, it's pretty <laughs> cool. I, you know, if you, if I was to reimagine what my bachelorette party would be like, it would just be hanging out with you guys, and you know, still. I mean, still techn- yeah.
0: I mean, technically, we would have been hanging out anyways. It's just
2: a matter of like where. <laughs> yeah. So thanks for thanks for letting me like you know bomb into your 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 episode today. No, we oh, are we more. Do here. We
1: are more than happy <laughs> to have her. And just so you all know, we were supposed to be in Savannah, Georgia, and it was going to be such a fun trip. But you know what? It's okay. I I do believe everything happens for a reason. So we'll we're gonna pick Lisa's brain. We have some questions for her, and let's see what her thoughts are. So. Yeah,
0: so Lisa...
1: Well, actually, Lisa, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and about your fiancé and, you know, just kind of, like, introduce yourself to everyone. Yeah.
2: Yeah, sure. So, um, I'm sure you guys told a little bit about yourselves, but, like, I'm, I'm 32, or I'm going to be 32 this year. 32 um, is the new 22. Yeah. Is. <laughs> it is. It is. It yeah. is. And, um, you know, if you were also wondering about, a little bit about me, I'm really tall um, I'm She's from Chicago. Killer legs. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm like nearly six feet tall. I um, I'm supposed to get married this year. I'm originally from Chicago. Um, and let's see. I don't know how did you I'm meet
0: your fiance? oh, yeah.
2: I met my fiance on these good old fashioned dating apps. Actually, everyone, uh, like Nikki and Bridget both met um their fiance their boyfriends which well let's hope soon to to be (laughs) (laughs) um on on hinge we all did within like the matter of i think a month of each other we all met our 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 boyfriends and and my fiance um so
1: go hinge you know we should do we should get hinge do like hinge not to like sidetrack but hinge was my favorite dating app do you ladies feel the same
0: yes i definitely thought the guys were more serious on hinge for sure
2: yeah, well, I mean, I, I found the man of my dreams on on, on Hinge. I love that. I'm That's a big, so sweet. Yeah, I'm a big cook, and... Yeah, you're fantastic. You know, I like beer, and...
1: You know, if I had to describe you in one word, I know this may sound underwhelming, but to me, it's not. like You're like the definition of cool. You're like Stop. a cool chick. Like, you, like... Beer, I wish I loved beer. Do you know how much I wish I liked beer? I just Same. I don't like it. Like I feel like only the cool chicks like
0: beer. Yeah. <laughs> I just cannot get behind beer. I I mean, I can't say that. I do I'll go like we do want to go to the brewery after this and like I'll get a cider. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, the cider beer, which is, like, like not even
0: a beer. the adventurous side of, like, of me. I feel like there
2: is a beer for everyone. you got to realize that there's not just, like, light beer, like Bud Light. There's, like, sours. There's, you know, all sorts of different varieties. So I will find something that you guys like. But on that note, we're actually getting married at a brewery. So that's... I love that. we, we, we wanted to carry and do something non-traditional with our wedding, and... We felt like, what what was something that we want to do? We want to bring everybody into an experience that we love, which is going to breweries. It's kind of like going to wineries. And we're getting married at Goose Island Barrel Warehouse, which is really cool. You know, it's, it's a Chicago staple. Um, it, everybody knows Chicago. Like, we're, I'm a Chicago girl through and through, and I wanted to make sure that we had a, a Chicago experience for our wedding, um, which we'll get into a little bit more. I know that they've got some questions around around getting married in 2020. So. Yeah, that's yeah. Like such
1: a cool venue. I mean, again, going back to my word, cool. You are such <laughs> a cool chick. That's like such a great venue for you. But yeah, so um, I guess I'm gonna start it off because I, we have so many questions, and I want to make sure we get them all in. So. You know, my first question is, is, you know, back, let's like rewind a little bit. So what was going through your head when you first heard about coronavirus in the United States? Because I believe this was around like January, February ish. I even remember we were attending an engagement party in February. It wasn't like it was in other parts of the world, but it wasn't quite prevalent in the U.S. right now or back then. So I'm just curious, like, what were your thoughts when you heard about that? Did you ever think it would affect you
2: it's it's interesting I was actually out of the country when it started getting really prominent and there was a couple members of of the the wedding party that I was at we were at a wedding in Belize and some people couldn't even come because they were in this was I think it was February middle of February they couldn't even enter the country because they had visited China and I remember going that's so crazy, and 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 it really didn't hit me. I, I felt like we were invincible at that point, like that this was really not going to be an issue that we were really facing. I feel like like this was something that we we're going to nip in the butt, like SARS when that happened. Well, I mean, we all think that America is the best country, right? I mean, we live it's so here. ignorant. <laughs> it's so ignorant. We really it's live so on our high
0: horse. <laughs> it's it's crazy. You know, I think that's one of the things that you learn in times like these, like wow, um, maybe we're not in the best country. Maybe we don't handle things the best. Maybe other countries handle things better.
1: And, you know, I do have something funny to state. Um, Larissa, if you're listening, we were actually at your surprise engagement party in February, and I remember um, her fiancé was very nervous at the time, and she was like, like, you know, why are you so ner- nervous about flying to Chicago? She thought they were just coming, you know, to visit their close friends. And he said, oh, well, you know, the coronavirus and all. And, and it's funny because, like, he said that just as, as a, like a cover-up. But, like, what do you know? It actually is a thing. So yeah. it's just ironic how that works out. I know.
0: I mean, we've come full circle with it. But, like, when did you think that you were going to have to
2: change your wedding date? I think it was when we were in full lockdown. Um, you know, when you when you sign up for things like The Knot and these like wedding websites and you do the right, all of a sudden you start getting emails and then they start bombarding me with daily emails, more than daily emails, just saying, oh, you know, hang in there. Like if you need any advice, call us. And there was all these hotlines and stuff that were coming up. And and this was like right during lockdown. People were who had weddings that were not as far out, I for sure thought, September, yeah, we'll be fine by then. But I think it was by May, we really sat there and we had a couple bottles of wine and I had a cry over it. I was like... Did you? Is, I didn't is know you cried. Yeah, of course I did. You know, like, it's it's yeah. a lot of work to plan a wedding. Like, I feel like I'm pretty laid back bride. Yeah, but- you're... Oh, my gosh, Yeah, guys. you, if, you if take anyone, everything
0: well. <laughs> if anyone knows brides, like, Lisa is, the like, the most laid-back bride you'll ever come across. For sure. So, the fact that, like, she cried is, just so surprising, I like. can only
2: imagine, like. Yeah. It was, like, you know, now that you, we, I finally figured out, like, what vendors I was going to have for everything. And, you know, I was, I was actually just wondering, like, you know, sh- should we try to see if we're going to postpone it? And, and we had it a lot easier than most, most couples did like when as soon as we called and even just inquired about when we should switch our our wedding first off goose island i'm gonna give you guys a shout out you guys were the best i <laughs> called you guys up and they're like J- while you're thinking about moving your date do you want us to send you any beer oh to my think goodness. It over? You Anna, yes <laughs> yes we were and i was like we'll have yes some of the rare <laughs> stuff like send us send us some rare bourbon county styles and some of your rare sours and they're like Sure, no problem. Aww. But Ooh. we got the pick of the litter when we picked our new date. Like we just basically said, "Hey, you know," because ours is a non-traditional wedding venue. They're just like, "What date do you want?" And we're like, "Well, you know, can we move it out to next next uh, Memorial Day?" You got it. And you're like, yeah, fine, no problem. But like a couple of my other girlfriends, like my girlfriend April, she you know she's getting married on Thursday now. You know, and in set in in a ways out from her original date, and this is the reality. But I think that it's um.
1: That's tough too. Like no one, like I think, dreams about getting married on a Thursday. I mean, you, you do it, and it'll be fun. It'll work, but it's going to you know, be so fun. You typically yeah. just envision like a Saturday. or... But I
0: think with this is what it's made me realize that it's not about the party. It's about the couple, and it's about spending your life with someone that you dreamed about. Something like starting a life with someone, and it's not about the day. It's not about the people. Hate to bring it to you guys. It's not about you.
1: Well, I'm yeah. just my like devil's advocate because, you know, I totally agree with you, Bridget, 100%. It's not about the reception. It's not about this ceremony. It's or really your about... hair or your nails or <laughs> whatever. Mean, but, I mean, I'm just going to be truthful. Like, you, some people really want that special day. You know, you dream about yeah. it since you were born. So it's like, oh, it just feels so unfair. Like, yeah. I
0: just think I was always a different kind of girl because I never really dreamed about my wedding I wasn't like you know some girls just like always dream about like their day
2: yeah but I'm just
1: like a little more cat. that was never me <laughs> but
2: try planning a wedding I'm that's, a little cattier that's not, just $10, 000, <laughs> not just 10,000 not just 20,000 it can be way more expensive than that and you finally get the details hammered out and then yeah. you're saying well you can't have a 150 200 person well, wedding and that's now. A, yes. or even when you reschedule it like yes. that's what we're all facing now is we're wondering like okay well we've rescheduled the wedding but are we actually going to be able to have the wedding that we envisioned? Even if we move the date out, you know, that's a reality that now I'm being faced with now that we you know, more time has passed. I'm like, do we need to rethink the way that we're doing the wedding altogether? Like, are we going to be having weddings in the same capacity? I'm, I'm going to be 32 this year, girl. Like i got family planning that I want to start thinking about.
1: You know, I'm glad you bring that up <laughs> yeah. and like, not to turn this on me, but I just have to, you know, I'm just going to be very transparent where my head is at because you know, you can't help but think all the twenty twenty brides. A lot of them, not all of them, but a majority are rescheduling to twenty twenty one, which is you know very understandable. But that means like okay, that means the twenty twenty one brides. Does that mean twenty twenty two for them? All the venues are going to be gone. Like you said, your friend's getting married on the Thursday. I mean, you can't help but feel a little panicky about that. You know, it's like oh, my, like yeah. you said, like time is not exactly of the essence. So it's just it 's a little stressful, <laughs> yeah, I think the brides yeah. are,
2: are now going to be thinking about weddings in a different way, like and, for, and, and, sure. and for example, like and, and I also want to make sure I do a shout out to like all of those brides mm-hmm. out there that decided to press through and have their backyard weddings or you know do it over zoom and if you know several of us a lot of us haven 't been to those weddings, but we all know what it looks like because they publicized it on on you know news channels and they covered them and they're like you know. It's really heartwarming to see that people, you know, wanted to push through. They're, they're doing their weddings. They're showing people what marriage is really actually about. It's not about this big, fabulous thing. It's about love, you know. Yes. It's about making... And that's how I feel. I right feel reasons.
0: like in America, especially, if you go to other countries, you'll realize... I mean, other than India, I think they just do weddings, like, next level, serious. But, like, America has taken weddings... Out of control. It is no longer about the bride and groom. It now becomes about the parents and it's the whoever's paying for it, and they're saying the wedding, and it's like, excuse me, you don't have say. It's about the bride and the groom. It's about their love. It's about them starting a life together, and where they want it, when they want it, and who's there, and what they want to spend their money on is their concern.
1: Yeah. I do find it interesting like the economic like who's paying for it I feel like they do typically it's, it, it's a whole other conversation I feel I just find that very fascinating but I, I want to ask you Lisa what are your thoughts on the brides that have decided I, I say brides I mean the brides and the grooms um that have decided to go ahead and do a ceremony with either just themselves or just their you know their parents and then perhaps do a ceremony at a later date when life can quote unquote be normal again. What are your, what are your thoughts on that?
2: Well, we, we, me and Brian, we thought about doing that. Um, we thought about keeping our original date, which was supposed to be September 5th and really going, just going to the courthouse, getting married with a you know, close friends or doing it in a, you know, small area, like, you know, at our house, one of our houses or something like that and keeping it. Um, but it's crazy. You get a lot of pushback and stuff like that from fam. At least I did. But
0: that's what I'm saying. That's the problem with it, our society. It's like, well, maybe this needed to happen for parents and people that are involved. Back off. Like, yeah. If, I, if but... I had a dollar for every time my mom was like, when are you getting married? I'd be a fucking millionaire it's like
1: so funny you dropped an f-bomb they're getting heated up in here (laughs) no they should not
0: it is not their
1: well you know I gotta say again devil's advocate like for someone who's an only child like your parents want to be a part of that special day and you know it's not about them
2: yeah but you don't just have I mean so I've got my I've got siblings my my fiance's got siblings and if if we in my grand, for example my grandmother is more or less locked up in an old people's home Aww. sorry I don't want to say an old people's home she's in an independent living yes, place yes. But, yeah. but and it's nice but she can't she can't leave mm-hmm. to go and do things like to see me get married even if in a, in a small capacity so and, and my brothers, he would be crushed if he didn't get to come out and my my niece She has grand visions of throwing flower petals that I don't want to, you know, I don't want to do that without her. So we're just figured. It's a little little different
0: to when you've already planned the wedding and now everyone's like, so my boyfriend's brother was supposed to get married this year and man, they put so much energy and effort into planning this wedding and it got postponed as well. And I just am like, you got to do this wedding. Like you, and you have to do it right. Well, they've they been were, together
1: for like 10 years. It was not What's even like that? the right definition? Right like, meaning, I feel like, like that's exactly a-
0: how they planned it. Mm-hmm. How they planned it was, you know, having a welcome party with X amount of people with mm-hmm. these certain friends. And then it became a... Because it was in another country. It was in It's in Mexico. So it became everyone didn't have their passport and no one can get their passport because the passports have been closed. The passport office has been closed. And these kinds of things, like the passports now being everyone's everyone's ordered with their passports. That's going to take a year. Mm-hmm. Like, that's just going to take a year. Like, not to mention, like, other things. Like, they have a friend that's, you know, pregnant, having a kid, and they didn't want to go to another country. Well, yeah, like, life a happens. pandemic And,
2: mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I get it. Weddings are never going to be how you plan it, but... I mean, this is like,
1: it's just a, it's just a unique situation. I don't think we've ever would have dreamed we'd find ourselves in this position. I do have, I, so I have to ask this, Lisa, I mean, in your opinion, do you think everything happens for a reason or sometimes do you think not to swear, but like, do you think just shit just happens? And I can't help but ask that because I think I am a little bit, like, superstitious. Like, if this was I'm happening definitely. to me, I'd be like, it's a sign. I'm not supposed to marry him. Or, like, what are your oh, thoughts? I'm just sure curious.
2: Not. I know I know that I'm meant to marry Brian. but And, and if anything, the, the, this pandemic has brought us closer together. We spend that's a lot more great. time. That's amazing, yeah. And we talk about the hard yeah. things. And, but, I mean, like, that's how you grow in a
0: relationship is going through the, these difficult times.
2: But everything happens for a reason. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm not that much of a superstitious person, but I, I kinda believe in that everything happens from a reason from the perspective of I look at where mm-hmm. my career went, I looked at all the decisions I made. I almost you know, I lived in San Francisco, New York for the years after college and moved back to Chicago and met Brian like not very long after I got back here. No, you didn't. <laughs> he he also had to go through all these various like hoops, like you know, he could have not taken a job in Chicago. He's from Florida originally. You know he could have you know he was married previously mm-hmm. yeah. you know like there's a lot of things that had to happen for us to get to the point where like we're getting married and and you know I, I I think that that makes us really strong that you have to go through all these things and have all these experiences so I think that everything does more or less happen for a reason but and it's funny because some people get so offended by that um slogan
0: I guess it's called but it- in my eyes is like, it does like meaning when they, people say that they mean it is like happens, they learn from it and then they change it. If you're not learning from these experiences, nothing's going to change or like you're not going to get better from it. It's having a positive and like learning outlook is what's going to really make a difference in this kind of situation. Yeah,
2: yeah. Having a good outlook is is means everything. Um, yeah. I'd say just going back to like being a, a bride in 2020, there are so many like just like uppercuts and left hooks that come at you. Like family, like I got a phone call from a family member at like eight o'clock in the morning one day, just saying, "Lisa, like you know, I I I, I got your save the date, but are, are you still gonna have your wedding?" Or, you know, you get text messages from, like, people like, are, how, how are you going to do this? Like in, like, no, just, like, they're like recently, like, just sending messages saying, like, are you thinking about still, like, having a wedding? Yeah, yeah, back in May. It was before I decided to change oh, the date. Oh, okay, before I was I, sent I was like, the dates.
0: you're just, the, the ones that you just sent out, people are asking about May? No, no, this was, like, before I sent oh, them out. Okay, but, like, okay. you
2: know, they're, they're, like, wondering, like, are you going to change it? We don't think it's safe. They have all these opinions, and it's, like, you know... Be compassionate to those brides that are trying to make decisions right now. You know, like they're they're trying to make safety decisions too for like their their family, for their friends. Oh like they God. don't want to bring people together, but they don't want to shatter their dreams.
1: Absolutely. And I guess you know I'm gonna I'm gonna end with one que- one last question for you, Lisa. Um, if you had to give any advice to the future brides of either 2020 or 2021, what would your advice be?
2: Oh, that's. That's a, a really good one. And I think that my, my advice would be to start small, figure out what your dream wedding would be like if you only had a, your small, really awesome crew to be there. And like you're the most important people that you want present and you can always expand it out and add more people into your wedding. You can always, you know, figure out a way to make it bigger um, because we have to think small right now. You know, yeah. you don't know what it's going to be like. You could plan this big, expensive thing, and then not know what to do later on down the road. You don't want to be like. I, I really hope I don't have to plan another wedding for mm-hmm. the third time. Yes. But mm-hmm. you can always like. I think that the, we're going to change the vision the way we're looking at at weddings. But I think it's also just keep in mind you're getting married to the person who you want to spend the rest of your life with, and your wedding is actually a pretty small portion of what marriage
1: means what eternity is yeah yes that's amazing Mm -hmm. i i love that and lisa you are amazing thank you so much for being our guest and you're um so we actually lisa was such a trooper and she did watch our so we're gonna move into our entertainment um recap segment and okay so we our last episode we asked everyone to watch the speed cubers on netflix which was a 45-minute – I didn't even know it was a documentary. I just – I was like, Bridget, like, why didn't you assign us this random thing about Rubik's Cubes? I'm like, this is going to be so lame. Well, I
0: had known that Rubik's Cubes were very – like people with autism really gravitate towards Rubik's Cubes because it's it takes, like, a calculation, an algorithm that you have to memorize and like to be able to solve. And, like, pattern
1: recognition, yeah. for sure. Um, so, so Lisa I, did watch it, too. So yeah. she's going to chime in also. But I do want to start and say I'm going to be very blunt and honest. I had zero clue about what it was about. I truly thought it was going to be, like, how to solve a Rubik's Cube. And let me tell you, it was far from that. It really was about friendship and family, and it just yes. makes your heart
0: warm. I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I cried, I think twice. I watched it three times because I w- not because I had to. I I had watched it also because I had to because I really wanted to get a fresh memory for this. But I watched it so many times because I fell in love. Like I just felt like um, being in the field. There are certain things that did not come naturally to me to be good at my job. Oh, for sure, for sure.
1: Let me back up a quick second. So, like, for our viewers that are listening or – podcasters that are listening so really what it's about it's essentially about two main characters you've got felix zemdegs if you're listening i love you i dm'd you please feel free to contact me anytime you are amazing so felix is from australia and what you know is like felix is like your typical guy he seems really sweet and you know he's clearly very talented at solving rubik's cubes and like i do want to say These Rubik's cubes were like not just what like I think we would think of. There's more complex ones in different shapes, and there was different sizes. Well, they (laughs) go
0: into different types of Rubik's cubes. Yes, when you watch it, you can. They go through the algorithms, how it's solved. There's the three by three, the six by six, the nine by nine and whatnot. Um, obviously the more cubes, the more Mm -hmm. difficult. Of course. Um, but actually the one it's so ironic because the one that they were so adamant about being good at the three by three, right? The three by three, which is the easiest one. And I think that's just because that is like the The OG common Rubik's cube that you would get at the store And, and, and you wanna be the one that can master that the fastest and the best at it. So the OG is the three by three.
1: So then we got Felix. So then we have the on the contrary, we've got Max Park, who's from the United States. And what you learn about Max is that, you know, of course, he's very talented, very similar to Felix in solving Rubik's Cubes. And you watch their journey as they go through these world championships and these, these competitions. But Max was diagnosed with autism spectrum disorder at age three.
0: Mm-hmm. And what Which I is found- the common age to be diagnosed. I mean, if anyone knows... Typically, you do not get diagnosed before 18 months
1: because um, you don't even show signs until after that. Um, and you... well, A lot of milestones are yeah. usually 12 months and after, so that's one common thing. But one thing I will say about this documentary is, you know, you, you learn a lot about the parents of Max. And, you know, they described, you know, upon learning the diagnoses that they were very devastated and i i wrote this down i i have to share it it was so powerful in my opinion the parents said that when they heard this that they cried their hearts out but then they got to work and yeah. wow
0: like i mean that was when i was just like damn you guys are good parents like i have to like give it to you i work with kids with autism all day long i I've seen my fair share of ups and downs and I just cannot imagine like when you think about having a kid, all you think about, at least for me, I think about, I just want my kid to be happy and healthy. That is, that's it. Like when you have this diagnosis and especially if it's low functioning autism, your heart just breaks. You want them to be happy. You want them to be healthy. You want them to like be successful and you worry about like, is that going to come in the way of them being successful? Is that going to be in the way of them being happy?
1: Well, and one thing I will say is that, you know, when they heard the diagnosis is they, you know, they accepted Max and they just refused to give up. And that is so powerful because, you know, one thing they recognize, or, you know, you'll see in the documentary, the parents, you know, they realized that Max was different and that's okay but they also understood that he was very gifted at you know solving a Rubik's cube and instead well, of well, like stopping that that interest they used it to shape other areas of his life so they kind of met him where he was at and then they moved forward with that even like with the competitions for the Rubik's cube like they didn't enter those thinking that he's going to win and he's going to make money it's not exactly the most lucrative field they did that because they knew he would enjoy it and they used it for his social development. No,
0: but the best part about the episode, the best part, is that I I the way the parents reacted, it's like these steps that they took to help their their son did not come naturally. I'm not gonna say like I'm not gonna lie, like I think I had to retrain my brain on how to work with these kids with autism. The mother decided she could not connect with her son. She was she would try to conversate, he wasn't making eye contact. There, she just felt like she, there was a disconnect with her son. She met her son at his level. So she, when he crawled, she crawled. When he jumped, he, she would jump. When he would get into a tent, she would get in a tent. And I do that with my kids today as a therapist, just so I can connect and so that we, we call it an ABA pairing. Pairing just basically means like we're connected. Like they like me. They want to learn from me. I'm on their level um, where they don't see me as someone that's like, superior to them and like talking down to them she met him on his level and she was like oh my child struggles with fine motor skills i what can help him with fine motor skills? oh a rubik's cube oh let me teach myself how to do this rubik's cube and then i'll teach my son like
1: that's a great mother It is great. And one thing I think she recognized was that he was interested in that. And, like, one thing is... the,
0: The thing with autism, though, is, like, typically when you introduce something like that, they're never really right away interested. It takes a while. And I think she was like, I'm not giving up because I want him to be good at his fine motor skills. And then he picked it up and ran with it. And that's the thing with autism that we need to realize is, like, it may not be the first time it may not be the the second time it actually may not be the eighth time that you try it but it may be the 20th time you try it and not only do you try it and they like it they exceed your expectations that you ever had with that thing that you're introducing them so never give up on that person that you're trying to teach because they may exceed your expectations
1: yeah, no, for sure. And that's super important. And I just really loved how they took something that was of at interest to Max and also just something that he was good at. And I love how they, you know, they tried a competition and I loved how their goals, they even talk about it. It wasn't about winning. They, you know, when you think about a competition or any really social community-based outing, you know, there's so many skills that we take for granted. For example, waiting in line. For example, mm-hmm. greeting others, following directions, or even they did reference, when, you know, clearly he was very talented, so he did win a few times, and when you win, you get to go to a podium, and you get a certificate. That was the best And you part. take a photo. So He was so excited about the podium. Yes, but this is my favorite part of the whole documentary, because this is, maybe I get very excited about this part, because this is what I do with my self-contained students and in inclusion is, you know, they don't exactly, it's, it doesn't come, um, it's not obvious to them that when you get on the podium you smile you say thank you you hold the certificate you pose for a photo he actually had to learn to look at the other two like the second and third place you know like when you're like at the olympics there's like the podium like the gold's the highest box and then the silver is like somewhat high and then the 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 bronze is, like, you know, a little lower than the silver. So similar in the competition. So they'd be on these boxes, and he would, like, reference. He'd have to look at his peers and, like, know what to do. And this is our speech connection of the day. Peer (laughs) referencing. This is a huge skill that is super important, and it's a great skill to look at in the documentary. Max was able to look at his peers and learn how to react in that social situation. And that's what I do when I push in with my kiddos to inclusion. Like, well, I'll be at the table, and then if all the other kids, you know, go back to get their snack, I'll say, hmm, with my student I mean, next to me. I like, mean, that's a what skill do, you think that we do?
0: we don't, when you have typically developing children, you don't realize how important it is that peer, peer learning.
1: Peer referencing, yeah.
0: yeah. It's so important, and I feel like what helps is, is just narrating every situation. In his case, it was the motivation. He was motivated to be on that podium. He was motivated to like be proud of his award. So that's where he started learning about like what his peers are doing, and so he wanted to mimic them and... And show off. He and that was the best part is that he loved being on the podium. Like he, Yes, yeah, he, he's proud. He, he wanted very to proud. win the Rubik's cube to just be on the podium. And you're like, yeah. oh, well.
1: Great. And another thing the parents did bring up is, you know, if he did lose, like that's a great skill, coping. Teaching coping skills to these kids that's so huge. Like you don't think about that, but that's hard for them, and you have yeah. to teach it.
0: Yeah, that I know that was a huge concern for the parents. They were very, very worried that. Their child wasn't going to be able to cope with losing, which I definitely get. I, I've seen that. I understand it. But when you get that win, it's so much bigger and better for them. Because, like, what they need is confidence. And if they can get it any way that they can, then we should encourage it every. Way.
1: I really do love how we we watched the same thing and we viewed it in such different lenses, but it's it's great. I mean, it's so great, and I really encourage everyone to watch it. The last thing I do want to say, and I do want, Lisa, if you want to say anything about it, but I just got to say, there has to, and one thing we failed to mention is Max and Felix, I know we mentioned Felix earlier. Oh, yeah. They're both very talented. They're both kind of the best in the, in the biz, and they would often compete against each other, but Felix took it upon himself to always congratulate Max, to always, like, befriend him. And he treated him like he was, like, everyone else. And it it was amazing. And also, he treated him not like his competitor. In societal
0: norms, we we think of competitors as as bad things. Like, I don't want you to compete with me. I want to be the best. No, if we're competing with each other, what we're doing is making ourselves better. Like, if I'm the best, how can I get better? That's it. This is it. Game over. I'm done. I like. There's no bettering yourself at that point. Like, and
1: and Max clearly beat some of Felix's world records, and clearly that's going to be sad for Felix. But Felix would always say, "You know what, Max? Good job. Good job." And I just have to say, like, we need more Felix Zemdegs in the world. Like. I, I just agree. love how he he recognized that Max was different, yet he still treated him with respect. He treated him with love. Dignity. He befriended him. He treated him like he didn't have a label. And yes. that's how
0: we should treat others.
1: Yes. I think we need more Felixes. Yes, Lisa, yes. tell
2: us your thoughts. So I I I worked with um Autistic and I worked for Northwest Special Recreations for years when I was in high school and in college and spent a lot of time with, with autistic kids and Developing relate- friendships is really difficult. and For sure. And Felix, for example, he was not autistic. And right. he, he saw that he had an, someone who had autism who looked up to him tremendously. And he welcomed that with open arms. And the thing is, is their commonality was around a Rubik's Cube. There are autistic people who are really into horses or really into bugs or really Animals into... Animals or
1: anything or TV shows you or... Know,
2: music, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Photography. If you yes. find that someone is... And you're very good at photography, for example. And there's somebody who has autism that takes notice in that and happens to be really good. Show interest. You can develop a friendship around somebody who has autism. It's They're not... People who are living on a different planet. They, you know, have needs. They want relationships. they, They, you know, it's very rewarding to take on, you know, a, you know, to be a mentor to people and it's very, you know, it's something that we should all try harder to do.
1: I love that, oh, Lisa. Yeah, and yeah. what you'll find, I do think, even is when you actually take the time to get to know someone, you will most likely have a lot more in common with that person than you will realize. Yeah. And, and it's, I, I love how you said that. I, you said it very well. So. And
0: not even that, though, like, no one is perfect. Like, where, people are so judgmental and critical on people. It's like, no one's perfect. Let's just like open our mind, open our hearts, and let let's accept a lot more people. I hope that can inspire someone. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> for, for the sake of time, I, I wish we could talk more about this, but please watch it. It's called The Speed Cubers. It's a documentary on Netflix, only forty five minutes. But we're gonna assign another homework assignment for next week. Yes. Um, Bridget, what are they gonna do for next week? Um, they're gonna
0: watch. Um, episode one of Love on the Spectrum. Yay! (laughs) Uh, It's so weird. I I mentioned last episode how everything's in uh, Australia, and I think that's, like, it's very interesting how they're very progressive with their autism awareness, and that's great. I think the more awareness we get with
1: autism, um, the more the world is going to be a better place. So and let's it's on suspect. Netflix, right? Love on yes, the Spectrum. Yes, yes. Netflix. So Netflix. Um, just episode one, maybe pay attention for some communication and behavioral yeah. styles and really just watch it, enjoy it. Take your it. notes. Give us some feedback. Let us know. Yeah, I'm so excited. I think I just, I'm really excited to, to recap that one because I think there's going to be some really cool characters to talk about and... Yeah. Um, well, should we move on to our advice segment? Advice segment. And we actually have some. Well, we're only going to do one, but um, we actually have some really cool. Uh, yeah, like, we got. Emails, some, we got so... some good.
0: Um, and people writing in about advice, and we're gonna read one from one of like the, the top one and then we'll read the rest like later on in our later episode yeah
1: and lisa please chime in for advice too but just for future reference if you ever want to write in it's misbehaviorladies at gmail.com and remember miss is with m-i-s-s misspelled intentionally um all right so i'm gonna read our first piece of or our question dear bridget and nikki loved your first episode Ooh, thank you <laughs> I'm a fellow SLP and love to hear that you guys work with kiddos on the spectrum. Yay! Woo! We Pete's therapists need more representation in the podcast world. I'm seeking advice on a current situation I'm in. I just moved to a new city and I'm struggling to make friends. Making friends as an adult is hard enough. Yes, it is. And through a global pandemic on top of that, it almost feels oh, impossible.
2: No.
1: So far, I've joined a running club, but otherwise, I'm clueless. What are your thoughts on ways to increase connectedness during a pandemic, especially when you're isolated in a new city? Sincerely, needy in New York. Oh, New York! New York. I was gonna say. Wow, she didn't say
0: what
2: city. It's even wow. a really hard place. that's I feel hard. Like people are locked down even more there. Yeah.
1: Oh my goodness, that is really tough.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like New York is just getting it really tough right now. I mean, I think. Chicago is getting hit pretty bad, but man, the way they quarantined was ridiculous. I mean, they were locked down for a really long time. They're the last people to come out of quarantine. Their phase system is very intense. I think they just got into, like, phase four or something, which is like being able to get your hair done. (laughs) like it was intense like they couldn't even go out to eat for a while after quarantine
1: but I think they're like still in decline so maybe they did it the best I don't know they are they definitely I mean they're big metropolitan cities so they had to handle it a little bit differently
0: also they had a lot of spiking cases
1: well so let's try to give some advice I mean that's a hard question in itself and I agree with you a pandemic is super tricky I mean I think you did the best thing for a start, I do think outdoors is probably the safest bet, especially when you don't really know anyone. I mean, okay, I'll start with my advice and then you guys can kind of chime in and maybe you'll agree or disagree, but I tend to do the things I want to do normally. Like, for example, I'm into yoga or if I like to try a new coffee shop, but I feel like I do kind of have to go out of the way to Strike up a conversation with someone. Like, for example, if I'm changing. Well, you have the, to be
0: aggressive about it. You
1: do have to be, and you have to put yourself in that uncomfortable zone. And we no, we don't like to be there. I no. mean, no and, one likes
0: to be there. And I think, like, the thing about friendships is, like, you're no one's going to walk up to you and be like, "Hey, I want to be your friend." Yeah, that's that's
1: so <laughs> true, though. I mean, that's a good
0: point. Like, it's that's not, not going to happen. It's not going <laughs> to happen. Um They're gonna. The only way friendships are going to develop is if you show interest you show and here's a little trick too is like no one likes to plan fyi Mm -hmm. if you're a planner and you want to plan fun things everyone wants to go to it so start planning some fun things and inviting some people but who's she
1: gonna invite if she doesn't have friends i think she's trying to like figure out how to get and the truth is here's here's one thing i will say you just need one I think yeah, that's that's, a, that's a truly, so true, you get one. Chances are, they're going to introduce you to someone, and then it's like yeah. a, a nice little domino effect in a good way. So yeah. the, the hard part is finding a, that one person, and it might take you a little bit like, trial and error to find a friend. But, yeah,
0: honestly, and the thing is, is, like, that one person doesn't have to be your person. Right. Like, sometimes that one person can be, like, just the person that connects you to other people. That's okay.
1: Yeah, but, like, in order to find that person, I do think you have to get a little uncomfortable and say, like, like, for example, if I'm at a coffee shop and the person next to me is, like, we're at, this like, a six-feet-apart table and they're reading a book, I might say, or the same oh, hey, book that like, you would like. I, I was thinking about getting that. Uh, h- how do you like it? Or it's like, oh, yeah. by the way, I'm Nikki. I just moved here. Like, what are, what's your favorite place in the neighborhood? Like, I feel like, you know, that's not super weird or, like. No,
0: I mean, I'm not going to lie. That's how I was when I first moved here. I went to coffee shops all the time. I, I looked at what people read. I remember there was a girl next to me. I thought she was reading something else, but she was reading, I, I think I thought she was reading, like, something in behavior, and I was like, yes, like, awesome, I want to I get to know her. But it was, like, nursing, which was fine because my sister's <laughs> in nursing, and, like,
1: you I was like, yeah, it. we could
0: talk about my sister or whatever. And I got her number. I mean, we ended up never hanging out, but I was just like, you, I, you have to be receptive of, like, meeting people wherever you are.
1: Well, and I will say, uh, since you joined a running club, I mean, let's say you go to your first one and maybe you see someone. I think it's good to introduce yourself. And, you know, even at the end of that first running session, maybe, like, don't be, like, creepy and maybe, like, don't exactly, like push it that first time but then the next time you go and you see them again be like oh hey like how's it going like I remember you from last time maybe then like say like oh do you, do you want to maybe like grab coffee or something one day or yeah. so like you know don't force it but also don't be afraid I will say one thing no, though
0: I have a I have a friend back home in Boston and she had mentioned that she had a new neighbor move in and she asked her neighbor if they wanted to come over for a wine and cheese. <gasps> And outside, socially distant, of course. And they said no.
1: Okay. Well, you know, and I think it's okay. Like, you, should, you shouldn't... you
0: should I think we have to prepare people to just be a little rejected right now. And it has nothing to do with maybe them not wanting to be friends with you. It's just them well, being careful. And I
1: will say one more thing. And I know Lisa wants to chime in, too. Is like, I'm a huge proponent. I'm a fan of Brene Brown. And she does shame and vulnerability research. So... Sometimes I think we're so afraid of being vulnerable that we actually start, stop trying. And if we stop trying, you're not going to, you're not going to grow. And if you don't grow, you essentially stop living. So it's kind of like this vicious cycle. So you have to like, be okay with being uncomfortable, and you—it's okay. You know what? What's the worst thing that's going to happen? They're going to say no, and it's like, so what? You're never going to see them again. Who cares? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. So, Lisa, go ahead, chime in. I know you're going to say gonna something. I
2: was going to say. So, you know, I right now during this whole pandemic, it's a really good time to actually get to know your neighbors. You yeah. see them all the time, and they're that's people. A good point. You've got so many neighbors. It doesn't have to be the person who's living directly next door to each other, but right now, everybody's going on walks. When and you, you know what neighbor, they're doing, you know? Yeah. Well, well, that's <laughs> <just crazy>. but, <laughs> but when you when you see a neighbor, you know, this is something that I've done is you don't just need to say, hey, do you want to like hang out right now? You're putting them on the spot. You can say, Hey, like, how are you doing? Like I see you like like h- I see you all the time. Do you want to go for a walk sometime? You know, not not right now, but like, you know, just yeah. let me know if you want to do something. And then the next time you see them, it's a more open, like, hey, you want to get that walk, like, maybe next next week exactly. or a couple days from like, now? Exactly. Like,
1: don't be afraid to, like... Even that first interaction doesn't have to turn into something. It might take a couple times. Yeah. And that's yeah. okay. Like, it, you don't have to force it. It's just going to, like... But I do agree, like, u- utilizing your neighbors. Yeah. Utilizing where you're already going to go, period. So, a
0: behavior concept that I'm going to throw in is... We call it high probability. So, basically, um, we do... You know, already mastered or easier targets first, and then we move on to the more difficult. So, like, find your
2: easy targets. Yeah, like <laughs> Are whatever, you whatever, to Wild
0: people. <laughs> no, 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 no. Whatever that may be. Like, maybe it's like saying hi. That's yeah. easy for you. Like, Start you can easy. say hi
1: to everyone, oh, right? Oh, I see where you're going yeah. with this. I'm like, are we just, like, going to no, look at no. people and be like, she's more likely to be like No, no,
0: no, no. Like, more easier things that are for people. <laughs> so it's like, hi, how are you today? Okay. You're saying hi, how are you? Not okay, I see where you're going. And from. then you can go from there. Like, hi, how are you today? What do you do for a living? Mm-hmm. Good, okay. And then after that, it'd be, how, how are you today? Where do you live? Oh, we live in the same neighborhood. Oh, we do- what do you do? Okay. And then you can go from there. So go with your high probability. What is easier for you first and then move on from there and just kind of like go with it. And that makes the door of, of meeting new people easier. I think that we get stuck in like this overwhelming bigger project of like asking for someone's number and hanging out is so intimidating. Start small.
1: Yeah, and if all else
0: fails,
2: buy a dog. <laughs> yeah, they that's a great attract, way of meeting people, I do have a question.
1: Have either of you used Meetup? I know it's an app that I've never used it, yeah. but I'm not sure if it that would be a resource. I, I hate to sometimes, like, give something, just like any therapist, like, if I don't exactly have a 100% answer, I always like to refer on. So, like, perhaps try Meetup, or, like, a, I, I feel like there's some resources out there that may be of use, too. I mean, I've not personally tried them, but I don't know.
0: Right. I mean I think meetup's a great option. I just think like we're in times where like people don't really wanna meet people.
1: <laughs> That's true. Well, you <laughs> Especially know Especially new people. I, I would just say, you know I would just say just don't be afraid to put yourself out there. It's okay to get uncomfortable and just just try to meet your neighbors and do what you do, and maybe if you see someone cool, you know, maybe give them a hello, like Bridget said. <laughs> what was yeah. the high probability? <laughs>
0: high probability. You start with just hello. Not a big deal. You say hi to everyone all day long, yes. everywhere you go. Yes. Hey, how are you doing? Cool. And what is that going to do? They're going to be like, wow, that person's really nice. Oh my God. She's like overly nice. Wow. That's There's nothing wrong with that. Hey, how are you doing? What are you up to today?
1: Where are you going? It. I love it. You guys, this is great. Yeah. I cannot believe it's been like I, I just I feel like that was awesome like so thank you guys again remember for future our our Gmail is misbehaviorladies at gmail.com
0: and don't forget to give us a five star
1: <laughs> follow
0: us on Instagram give us like I mean I feedback let us know what's going on thank Send you for listening <laughs> thank you for listening thank, thank you you, for Lisa, us. you
1: are fabulous we are yes. so grateful we had so much fun today you guys thank you again and we'll be back
0: next week next
1: wednesday hump day hump <laughs> someone you know <laughs> yes or i like to think of it as wine wednesday whatever yes. works for you guys wind down wednesday oh yes, yes. well bye bye